Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Devil's Rope, Wall Drug, Hole in the Rock. We'll talk about the nation's roadside attractions with Kevin Brass. This is Journal Report. Timely topics, important information. From the Wall Street Journal. Welcome to the Journal Report. I'm Charlie Turner in New York. When America's superhighways were built in the mid-20th century, they helped spawn the phenomenon of what we generally call roadside attractions, designed to entertain and quench the thirst of travelers. How do these businesses make money, and how do they market themselves? And what about them has changed over the years? Wall Street Journal contributor Kevin Brass has written about roadside attractions, and he joins us from San Diego. First, Kevin, I am tempted to ask, what would compel me to pull over and shop at one of these places particularly when I'm more focused on reaching my destination. Well, that is the great challenge. And Charlie, you clearly represent the modern traveler because this has changed over the years. As you mentioned in your intro, these attractions were born of a day when people were traveling massive amounts of miles, something that had never really been done before in the car. And they really um, provided a break. And what you needed was a good roadside uh, billboard and you could get people off the road. Uh, but as you said, people are, change, are traveling differently now. Now it's a much different game. Uh, they are, in fact, just trying to get from point A to point B, and it's a much more difficult game. Several of these roadside attraction owners said that they get more traffic from Google Maps than they do from uh, the big billboards. Well, great technology is working in their favor, I suppose. Uh, I imagine there are quite a few of these spots along the nation's highways. Uh, You spotlighted a handful. How did you choose these particular roadside attractions? That turned out to be a much bigger challenge than I thought it would be, because we're we're doing this for the business community. And it became pretty clear that there's a certain level of roadside attractions that are really just kind of, for lack of a better term, you know, the old guy sitting in a shack somewhere. And then on the other end, you have some pretty big companies in this game. Some, uh, the Thing, which is this roadside attraction that everybody in the Southwest knows, The Thing, which is advertised in on billboards for miles and miles. The Thing is owned by a company that's publicly traded. So I, I was trying to find interesting attractions that still spoke to people trying to run this as a business. And it is a challenging business. The next question I'd like to ask is, how do these businesses generally make money, especially nowadays, and how do they market themselves? Well, it's funny. The um, You know, all those shot glasses and key rings, you know, for, uh, excuse my language, all that crap, all that crap sells really, really well. I, I, I asked every single person about this, every single attraction, and they all said that that is really they'll still their staples. People come in and buy those refrigerator magnets, and they buy all that stuff. But then from there, these guys have gotten pretty good about finding other things that people just want. Uh, one owner said, uh, the things you can't find at Walmart, and they're just looking for stuff that is just strange and weird, uh, and that sells. And then they have sort of that localness. They have like local art and they have a little bit of local history, the books on the local nature. And those things tend to tend to sell pretty well for a guy who's uh, traveling down the road. I will say one more thing. The several people said, though, that there's a cap on this, like 
$20. People will spend 20 bucks pretty easily. But after that, you're kind of getting into different territory. I'm speaking with Kevin Brass, who's a contributor to the Wall Street Journal, and you're listening to the Journal Report. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash WSJ. Thanks for listening, everyone. Kevin Brass, let's discuss some of these roadside attractions. I'll pick one out of thin air. How about the Devil's Rope Museum? And this is a museum devoted to barbed wire. And it was spawned by... um a real love of the area. And it was it was spawned by the demise of Route 66. I, I talked to Delbert Trues, who's an 83-year-old rancher in that area who had a real passion for barbed wire. And we're talking, I mean, we're talking about McLean, Texas. Yes, I'm sorry. And it's, yeah, McLean, Texas, which is in the Texas panhandle, middle of nowhere. When the big interstate went in, it completely shut down Route 66, and McLean is on Route 66. And so Delbert, who's a, um, a passionate lover of barbed wire, uh, and some of his friends got to get got together and did this purposely as a way to still get people off the interstate and back onto Route 66. And so it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a more of a modern attraction, and it was definitely done to set up as a nonprofit, and they they did it because they 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 love barbed wire. But they definitely wanted to create something there that um, would get people off the interstate. Another one of these, my goodness, this looks like it's in Illinois, northwest of Chicago. We're talking about the world's largest corn maze. And in an article that you published, they had a picture of it, and it was a great overhead shot. And this corn maze was a figure of Star Trek honoring the 50th anniversary. They did a great one on the Beatles, too, by the way. Right. Um, they really do um, take their corn maze seriously. <laughs> and this was a great story. This is the, this is the Richardson family. Um, and this is a family that had farmed this land for decades and suddenly realized that they could make more money doing something else. And they still – a certain percentage of the farm is still a working farm in Illinois. But now they have what they call an adventure farm. Uh, and, and they have rides on there. They got zip lines. And uh, the corn maze is just the draw. And they know that. They understood that specifically. And they knew that, well, there's no point in doing a small corn maze. So they went big. I'll say. <laughs> that's, that's a huge shot. Another roadside attraction that is popular is the International Banana Museum. This is in the southeast part of California, the Salton Sea, in the desert there, I guess. The International Banana Museum. Are we talking about a museum devoted to bananas? Well, yes, exactly. Some of these attractions have been handed down through generations. They've been part of the landscape. In, in many cases, there are, there, there are people who had, the owners are people who had visited these attractions and then came back to them years later and had this emotional tie. In this case, um, it's Fred, and Fred just decided he needed to do something crazy because the family liquor store was not doing great. And so they wanted to do something next door in this in this area of Salton Sea to attract people. And he saw on eBay uh, 
an advertisement for a huge banana collection, like 20,000 banana-related items. Now, he, he didn't have any real great passion for bananas, but he kind of saw it as a great way to start something. And so, yes, it's, uh, you know, I you can kind of use your own design, your own uh, definition for museum, but, you know, it is a place that's definitely dedicated uh, to all things uh, banana. The interesting thing business-wise here is that they do less business in the banana museum than the liquor store, but they make a bigger profit in the banana museum. Yeah, interesting. And I, I, I thought that was... Uh, very telling because it goes back to the idea that, you know, if you're smart about it and you, and you have a pretty good idea, these guys tend to be really good merchandisers, I discovered. They kind of, they know their audience and they get a pretty good sense of what sells and what they can charge for it. Um, and yeah, and you make a pretty good profit on that key ring. And I suppose while we're at it, we should talk about a very, very popular roadside attraction, probably no longer really an oddity, and we're talking about the Wall Drug Store in South Dakota. It's funny how many people I've talked to uh, who know Wall Drug. Uh, I guess anybody who drives in that area, anybody who drives uh, uh, is going to see those signs. I think they go out for hundreds of miles uh, and uh, with free ice water and uh, what I think five cent coffee. Um, and they're what a they're just a great family. I got to say that uh, the Husted family that runs it, just really nice people. All these people who I dealt with on these attractions were just really nice people. And finally, Kevin Brass, why don't we wrap up with the Desert View Tower? Let's see, where is this? Uh, it's outside San Diego. That's it's right. About maybe ninety miles east of San Diego, but don't let that deceive you. It is in the middle of nowhere. Um, and now here's a good example of uh, something that's been there for a, a hundred years and. It's right on that uh, highway between Arizona and uh, San Diego. So pretty much anybody who comes through this area knows that site. Um, and Ben, uh, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, Ben, the owner, had gone there when he was seven years old. And he had, had, you know, he had gone there several times. He knew this place. And he has a real passion for it. When it came up for sale, he, he bought it. And he redid it. And uh, he, he renovated it. Um, and he's a pretty good example of, uh, just somebody who has a passion for it. And this is a really bizarre place. It's up, uh, it's a view tower made of stone up on a little uh, mountain uh, on the roadway. There's folk art carvings in the in the area. And it's just a really interesting, different place. And it's the kind of place that, yeah, if you're driving from Arizona to San Diego, you should probably take a, a few minutes and go check it out because it's, uh, it's definitely not something you'll see anywhere else. And I guess it's got a campsite or a bunch of campsites. It's got a museum, but the, the main draw is the tower. Yeah, and you're right, because he, he is trying to sort of expand it as a business. He, this is a business for these guys, and he does well, like, with books and he has a little gift shop. And what he does is he, is he charges people to go up to the top of the tower. But if you don't want to go up to the top of the tower, you're just okay uh, walking around and checking it out. That's the other thing about these places. They tend to be pretty casual about their, and they're, they're very opening and very open about people coming by. And it is a business about people stopping by. And the one thing they all said was they really like the business because everybody who comes in is just happy. Everybody's happy to be there. Well, these people must be great entrepreneurs because this is quite a unique venture, these roadside attractions. Kevin Brass from San Diego, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Charlie. And that's this edition of The Journal Report. Thank you for listening. I'm Charlie Turner in New York. Have a device with Amazon Alexa? Ask her to enable the Wall Street Journal skill and get on-demand access to all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. 
Listen ambitiously. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ.